What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, March 12th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 151. Now, I know that I had already done an episode 151, and I deleted it. I want to apologize to all my listeners for my licking my lips and unacceptably swallowing the way that I did. I have no idea why. 150 episodes that never happened. I know... A couple of thousand people listened to it before I took it off, so uh, I apologize to you guys. Uh, it was unacceptable, and some people saying that they listened to it after seeing me perform, and uh, that they said they couldn't even listen anymore, and then I listened, and I was literally going, oh, fuck, Paul, what are you doing? So I, I'm sorry, so I'm actually, this is going to be another 151 with a special guest who I promised I would be with. Um, Bill Burr is here on the episode, and uh, we've been having a great time. And uh, Bill, how you doing over there? Okay, hey baby, it's going all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and I have been doing this bad Rodney Dangerfield impressions, but it doesn't get old. Like it never gets old. It never gets old. To us, and we're doing like these stupid. Like we're like bad joke ones. You had a good one yesterday on the train. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever we're talking about, we just turn into a, a bad Ronnie Dangerfield joke. And I'm not, we're not making fun of Ronnie Dangerfield because he had great. No, jokes. we love him. But we were doing just like, uh, oh, you, we were on that fucking awful train. <laughs> oh my god! And you were giving me shit uh, for being a morning person, and that was one. I'll tell you, I got a friend of mine. He loves to get up oh, in the morning. Oh, you had a good one, though. What did that you say? One, he, goes, he goes, oh, you got, what is I'll tell you, when this guy gets up, the rooster says, hey, five more minutes. Okay, baby, all right. <laughs> We've been so doing we're, this. We're doing that. We're doing this on the train. And I know that joke's terrible, but we're doing that on the train. <laughs> and this poor bastard in front of us who was already dealing with those crying kids. And then he's, oh. got, us, he's got us behind behind us, and they brought us the food. Oh, yeah. Hey, sweetheart, bring that slop somewhere else, okay? <laughs> no, we, got room we service here. Uh, nice, nice. We got some food coming here, but uh, got a fun episode. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We've been traveling um, all over. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to eat, and then we'll come back. All right, all right, we'll be back. Okay, everybody, we're back. Uh, we had to take a little, little break and eat our chicken sandwiches, which were fucking delicious. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Except you put mayo on your fries, dude. I, I don't. That's I. I picked up that habit when overseas. Re- re- like recently? Uh, last couple of years. I went over there too many times, and and, and they were ke- doing ketchup it? in Europe. Tastes like absolute shit because most of the places you go, it's all natural, so it it just tastes like a bunch of tomatoes ground up, as opposed to our lovely ketchup over here. You know, where they Which put all the sugar and all the crap, you know. Yeah, it makes it delicious. It makes it great, baby. All right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that. No, we can't. No, it's, it's, it, so over there, I started like, it was really weird. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it was any port in a storm. So the mayo tasted better than the ketchup. And I know a lot of people right now are thinking that's gross and everything. But like, I mean, I, I put ketchup on my fries all the time unless they give me mayo. If they give me mayo. You now, go mayo first? I kind of go mayo first now. Wow, dude. Yeah. I've had blue cheese. Blue cheese on French fries is delicious. You know, I fucking hate blue cheese. Blue, have you ever had it on French fries? Blue oh, you cheese. don't like blue cheese blue at cheese all? Blue cheese is a, it's obnoxious. What? Like if it was a person, it would have a lampshade on its fucking head. <laughs> it's too loud, man. It overpowers. <laughs> it's delicious, dude. It overpowers. Look, at blue cheese, uh, uh, sun-dried tomatoes. Sun-dried tomatoes are. Truffle oil. All of them, all of them, if they were people, you would not want to drive cross-country with them. 
They just there's just no <laughs> doubting <laughs> that they're in the car with the rest of your fucking food. I absolutely sun dried tomatoes. I had good one time. It was with garlic and some green beans, and it was good. But I hear you. You got to pick your spots with sun dried tomatoes. You got to go easy. You got to go. He, he's that guy that you like hanging out with, but in in, in doses. In doses. Right. In doses. Right. But I got to tell you, dude, melted blue cheese with bacon on a burger. Oh. Ugh. It's good. Yeah, my older brother can't stand. I that don't either. like bacon on a burger either. You already got a cow there. You start throwing in a pig. That's like that. You're just kind of doing like one of those turducken things. It's just like it's, it's too much. You already got the salt because you got the French fries. You don't need it with the bacon. Now, bacon and eggs, that's a, different, that's a whole different thing. Then you right, take so out the bacon and you fucking stab the yolk like a goddamn little sword. All right, sword, so you know what? Little bacon sword. Before we talk about this train thing, let's get into food for a little bit because you – by the way, for people that don't know Bill's eating habits, this guy is – you're Irish German, right? German Irish. German Irish. German, yep. I swear to God, this guy, when it comes to food, I said, there's somewhere Italian. Somewhere down the line, this guy is Italian. He takes food to a, like no German Irish guy I've ever seen. It's almost like sitting with one of my Italian friends where if something's bad, you actually give the look over and you squint and you go, <laughs> you know, it's just a little. And I'm like, oh man, he's, yeah. You're, <laughs> you recently were in Italy. Oh, what was yeah. the food like over there? Oh, you guys are the best cooks on the planet. It was unreal, right? Yeah. I'm unfucking un believe The food was so good that I started ordering stuff that I hate just to see what they were going to do it. Like do what? It like what? I, what? I got sardines on a pizza. It's fucking out oh, of this world. Oh, I love anchovies on pizza, yeah. Anchovies, sorry. Anchovies, anchovies on pizza. I yeah. fucking hate that shit. Had it in Italy, absolutely loved it and craved it later. I ordered octopus. Fucking hate octopus. They put it on like these lentil beans underneath, which doesn't make any sense. Dude, it was really tender. Um, <laughs> the way they did it, it was it, it was almost like they smoked it. It didn't have a smoky flavor, but it was that tender. Octopus. Yes, yeah, so octopus. I, so I, so I said chewy. to them, I go, how long did you cook this? A couple hours, you know, because I wouldn't know how to get something like that. And they were like, no, no, 20, 20 minutes. It was good. like, you fucking guys can cook. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, no, octopus. Delicious. I went to Italy to eat. And that's what I did, okay? <laughs> I went to the Vatican. I was bored shitless. The Sixteen Chapel, as I called it, the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. Whatever. I might as well have been in somebody's fucking man cave that was a little temple toes there. <laughs> um, I went to the Roman Colosseum because I like to go to stadiums when I'm on the road. Other than that, you can keep your fucking ah, because I don't give a shit. Like when, you know, if I ever... Um, yeah, I I don't I'm not I'm not a big fan of museums like uh, like we just saw we were just playing a little pickup hockey and right next to it somebody had a car collection and we just oh. went and looked at it. That's to me that's art. Food is art. Beautiful women, you know, high end sports cars and sedans and that type of shit. I like that. Somebody wants to take some clay and throw it together. I respect it. Yeah. You know I you know I went to the Vincent Van Gogh Museum in uh, I don't know where the fuck I was. I can't even remember. How was that? I actually liked it, and I had a real appreciation for him. I don't know if because he was another fucking redhead with a beard, but um, <laughs> I, I, I liked – you know what I liked about him was they gave me a great background story. Like one of the first paintings I saw was he, he drew this – he was taking some art class, and he had to draw a picture of a skeleton. So he drew, drew like this giant skull, and then he put a cigarette hanging out of its mouth as a fuck, oh, you, as a fuck you to the teacher. So he drew this great thing that he should have got an A on, but then just to piss off the teacher, he did that. And I was like, I like this guy. This guy's like a comedian. Like a rebel. Yeah, he's the class clown. He's fucking around. So, yeah. so I was able, to, I guess, maybe to connect with that guy 
on like uh, like ah, I'd hang out with that guy you know, before he chopped his ear off, right? <laughs> yeah, and then, but, and then um, sent it to a woman, right? Yeah, but it was interesting where he did like the the painting with the lines, and then you, when you're up close, you can see, but when you step back, it all blends in. Like uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really cool, and he was he seemed like a comedian that like found his voice or a drummer that got his own sound. There was just something about him I was able to connect with, but like I'm not into that uh, that shit that where you know. It's just a bunch of colored old mush. Like yeah. a five year old did it. No, I'm not. I'm not into that either. And then, and then, and you see Modern the prices art. on those things. See what they sell those things for? Oh, dude, it's a fucking it, joke. It's ridiculous. It's a joke. I mean, those people like two things sold in like a year, and it's over. It's over. They, they with the money they're making. I'm like that too. But you did like the Sistine Chapel, right? No, you didn't like the. the... Well, first of all, every fucking ceiling was painted, so you just kept walking. If, if you ever go to the the Sistine Chapel, if you go to the left. Go to the right. If you go to the right, you go right to the fucking thing. Okay? And and be prepared because if you go in there, you go like, oh, wow, look at that. Someone's going to shush you. They have actually people in there. You have to be quiet so people can take in the magnificent of the fucking thing. Yeah, right? that's annoying. If you go to the left, they have the entire history. Right, behind You go it. through the whole fucking museum. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, they, I was there. They got I was everything young. there except for the murders and the rapes, Paul. Everything yeah. else, they got every fucking pot and pan they ever used. <laughs> they left a lot out. There's nothing in there about the Inquisition, none of those yeah. pedophile cases. All that shit's gone. But yeah, like yeah. some of the robes, oh, they're beautiful. But every other room, the ceiling is painted. So me and my wife would be walking through, going like, going, is this it? Is this it? No. Is this it? Is this it? And like it was totally over fucking done, where it was just every pillar. Just ornate, is that the word? It was just, dude, I, you know what it was? It was like going into a fucking New Jersey Italian guy, his house. You know when you just guys, a gaudy. You know when you guys, the, you know that fucking room that nobody can go into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that room? Yeah. It was like that to the fucking 10th power. They had everything but plastic <laughs> over shit. Just everything had yeah. gold trim, and it was just, it was just so fucking gaudy. What, so by the time I got to it, I was also amazed how small it was because I thought that, you know, they show it. When you see pictures of it, yeah, it looks big. Yeah, so you think it's going to be this breathtaking thing, and you can be laying on your back like you're looking up at the stars. It's just a fucking ceiling. And after that, I was like, wow, you know, it took him that long to make it. I think this guy was dogging it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the Coliseum? Oh, that was the shit. Coliseum's the shit. I went in it. Did you go in it? Oh yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't take the tour because I I'm too scatterbrained. And I don't like, come on, people, let's keep it moving. We're now going into this area. And it's just like, fuck you. I just want to walk around and look at it, uh, touch the walls, and just think like some Roman guy leaned up against this thing talking shit to some broad, <laughs> trying to stick his hand up her toga. You know, Some, har- some horrible shit that. went on in that fucking place, man. Well, for the, for, for the time, for, though, yeah. it wasn't. For the time, it was. Yeah, it was like what we're doing tonight. Going oh, to Nelly, here come the lions. <laughs> The Lions versus the Christians. It's a beautiful day. They're going to be swapping paint. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here at He's the Coliseum. He's got them now. <laughs> uh, the LT of their era was like a fucking Bengal tiger. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, then the shitty backup was just quarterback who couldn't fucking throw it all. That was like everybody who went up against them. How nuts was that? That you'd be fighting and all of a sudden they would be like, release it! And the fucking lion would come at you, dude. dude. they would pop up. They'd and, pop and, up like they didn't know where it was. Yeah, like the, like the tiger didn't have uh, enough advantages. Well, you know what happened was after a while, what happened was it probably got boring. If you, can, if you go there enough times... Like that Maple Leafs game we went to. That should have yeah. been exciting to me because I was at a Maple Leafs game just to be there. 
legendary city and, and franchise and all that. Yeah. But because I had been there before, I wanted to see a good game, and it wasn't a good game. And I bet that happened in the Coliseum, where after a while, eh, it was boring, you know, just fucking... He ripped his head off. Ripped and... his head off. Killed him real quick. Guy yeah. didn't cry out. <laughs> so then they had to add, like, other shit. Like, let's have people fucking get tortured a little bit, and then... Uh, where is he? Where is he? Oh, he's behind you. Oh, dude, how great would a sketch be if they had an ESPN for the Coliseum? Oh, that would be great. Da-na-na, da-na-na. <laughs> like, today, Jacques had a roll. <laughs> Jacques had a roll. Yeah. And then you see the guys, afterward, he's all mauled going, you know, I, I take this loss on myself, you know. I just didn't get it done out there. I thought, uh, I thought we had some opportunities in the first six seconds that we could have taken advantage of. I'm happy Caesar put his thumb up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he had every opportunity to sit down. You know, my wife. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure he doesn't regret that. He doesn't regret that decision. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm thankful to Caesar. I'm gonna make him not regret that. That's great. So, how long? What you do you think th- about the fans? The fans were out cheering for your death. What do you What do you think about that? Well, you know they pay. You know pay. Well, a lot of you money know, for before, my I wasn't on my A game. You know, the lion almost caught my arm, and they were booing. So. <laughs> but you know, fans are great here. Fans are great here. <laughs> Best fans in the world. What? So, how long were you in Italy for? You were in Italy for like? Were you in Italy for uh, ten days? Or two weeks? Uh, I was only there for five days. Oh, then you left to go do the rest of Europe. And my wife and mother-in-law, they they stayed on. And I went, and then that's when I did the the tour. And I put mayonnaise on my fries. I finally gave into it. You know? Where did you, which country, which country. I kissed a girl and I liked it except with mayonnaise and fries. Which country made you do the fries and the mayonnaise? Where did you see that? Um, the first time was, the first time I ever did a gig was, I did one in Rotterdam, which is in, uh, the Netherlands it was the first time I went overseas. And then I didn't go overseas again for a couple of years. And that, the next time was in, I did the Kilkenny Festival in, uh, Kilkenny, Ireland. And that one, I don't remember mayonnaise on fries as much as I remember how many pints of Guinness I drank and this great, oh, you got hammered? and this great laugh that I had with Dom Irera. Me and Dom were like, we were just like, we were like Cliff and Norma, cheers, and just walking around that city, and everybody else would go to bed, and we would still be like carousing, right? So one night, we're walking up. It's like fucking, at probably two in the morning on like a Sunday night, so, you know, sleepy town, everybody's asleep. We're walking up these cobblestones in the fucking moonlight, all right? Like werewolves in London shit. It had rained, so they, like the moonlight was glistening. Nice. And we're walking up, and it's fucking quiet as hell, and we're drunk, and we're laughing, but trying not to, you know, waiting for somebody to throw up in the shutters. Like, hey, do you keep it quiet here? Right? And we're walking up the thing, and we're trying to find a bar that's still open. And all of a sudden, we just heard these, these you know, these Irish singers. Okay. What time was this? This was like two in the morning on a Sunday night. So we just what? start following the sound of them singing. Come up these cobblestones, and then it sounds like the beginning of a great movie, right? Came up and we come to, down. We see the light on this bar, and we come walking in. By the time we get in, um, you know, this guy was singing with two other people, and they had gone up to the bar. So it was only one guy singing when we came walking in, and we come walking in, and it's just a bunch of townies sitting there, way more seats than people, a little empty, but a small place. And this guy's on stage just singing. I got myself a shady, a tidy, tidy. <laughs> He's singing this fucking thing, right? And we're taking the bar in and we look and there's this guy sitting right in front of the stage. And dude, he was passed out at a level. You'd never get this drunk in an American bar. They'd send you home. Dude, this guy, he looks, guy, well, look, like, this guy was completely passed. I'll never forget. He had one arm 
was slung over the back of the chair, and then his head was just hanging straight down. When you stood behind him, you couldn't see his head. You just saw like his the, this, his neck. You saw the back of his neck. He was just sitting there, hanging there. It looked like he had gotten shot. And we walked in, and Ugh. nobody was really talking. And this guy's slumped over, and all we hear is, and everybody turns around and looks at us. And meanwhile, that guy's in the background going, ah, green alligator and a long neck goose or whatever. And we fucking look at each other. And it was like one of those things where we, now Ugh. we can't leave. So we walk, we walk up to the bar. And they asked, you know, really thick Irish brogue what we wanted, ordered a couple of Guinnesses, and I'm sitting there trying to hold it together because I know I can't look at Dom. Oh. And I'm hearing Dom starting to laugh. <laughs> and this guy's still singing. And Dom starts <laughs> Dom starts riffing he starts riffing oh. lyrics to what this guy's singing, and he's just in my ear, going, I got myself a potato. <laughs> and he's doing this thing. And dude, we started we started fucking laughing. And we couldn't stop. Like two schoolgirls. And the whole oh. thing was what was keeping it going was if there's tension, like in, like in high school or, or, or middle school when the teacher goes, the next person who laughs yeah. gets fucking detention. Like that tension makes you – you can't stop fucking no, laughing. No, no, yeah. You... So we knew they were looking at us. And I'm getting nervous. Like they think we're laughing at their country and all this. So I'm trying to be polite and not laugh. And all it just – it just – dude, it was this fucking wave of laughing. Oh. I remember – I've never seen Dom – like, I was looking at him, he literally, like, his mouth was open, and he had tears. It, it, what, and then what was cracking me up was it looked like, almost like he was crying, and that, what that guy was singing was making him cry. So then there was another wave of laughs. Oh, my God. And yeah. the guy's just slunched over. And, and the whole time, and, every, and then, like, Slouching. the bartender would look at me like, what the fuck are you laughing at? And I would look, over, look away, and all I could look at was this guy slumped over. It's this guy on stage, and he was singing. He had his eyebrows up, and he was hitting these fucking high notes. And dude, it, was, it was torture, but it was a great laugh. But it was it, – th- that whole thing probably took all of four minutes, but, like, my, my – my, my stomach was fucking killing me. Oh my god, I would have loved to see that. I would have loved to see somewhere in those adventures. I, I picked up mayonnaise on French fries. Oh, that's a great story. That's fucking great. Well, let's get to this train ride we took. Bill and okay. I were on a train for five hours, going from Toronto to uh, going from Toronto to Montreal. That's right. Five hour train ride, business class. Okay, which is you know it's supposed to be the upgraded one. Hey, a couple of gentlemen. Uh, it's, it's, right. it's a glor- it's a glorified it's a glorified greyhound. Okay, is what it is with a little you know. It's, it's you, way better than a greyhound. No, one. no, it's it's way better. You got you got more leg room, and we it was such a shit show. It was a shit show. It was horrible. Bill leans over. <laughs> this was, this is what got me going because you were we we were in our tiredness because we were only up two. Oh hours. yeah. We were only up two hours because yeah, the night before, and we're supposed to like the night before is supposed to be our relaxed night, and we end up having an epic, epic time. Okay, yeah. it was it was insane. Okay, well, uh, now you got to do that backstory. We're just all right. So yeah, we go. So we'll go back. All right. So we'll go back the night before we go on the. We were in, uh, we were in London, Ontario. We we're in London, Ontario. We performed great, great time, and Fucking, uh, these people came out Monday night on a work night, just just in, yeah. In, in force, and what like, would you say? It's like an Albany or a Syracuse type of. It's kind of like an Albany or a Syracuse. As far as distance from Toronto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was a couple hour ride, like a couple hour ride out of Toronto. So you know, and uh, people came out, and uh, so we're like, "All right, listen, man, we got a five hour train ride tomorrow, so let's not go, let's not go nuts." Now, Daz, by the way, shout out to Daz, our driver. 
Great guy, uh, great drummer. He's a, he's a musician, but he was driving uh, just for laughs. I had you know have him drive us around. This guy went above and beyond for us. Going, what do you guys want to do? What do you guys want like he he gave every option. Yeah. What do you guys want? You guys want you want a strip club now? Nah. You want cigars? Yeah, we love cigars. You want you want some cigars and some scotch? If we yeah, but Daz, we really don't want to. And really in Toronto, there's no cigar. No, bars. you can't smoke anywhere. So we're going, Daz. We really don't want to smoke in freezing you know freezing weather, especially a quality cigar that we can't get you know in the states. It was oh yeah, no problem. We go on unbeknownst. To us, we go on stage and do this, and he goes, "All right, guys, listen. Here's the deal. I got this guy. He's got a private. He's got a private collection of cigars. Okay, and he tells us where. I don't even know. It's like a cigar store. Yeah, he's got a great collection. It's a cigar store. You know, you guys can you guys can smoke in there, and and it'll be fine. You want to do that? We do. So this guy's texting and calling for us to have the night that we want. Unbelievable. We're, we're, we're driving back, drinking Molson Tall Boys. Oh, that was great. Oh, that's another thing he did for us. Before, he goes, I'm going to the store. Can I get you guys anything? So Bill goes, I don't know, how about a couple of beers? And I'm like, yeah, I'll take some beers. Canadian, what? You want some candy? Like, this guy was like anything you want. So he comes back. He gets six tall boy Molson Canadians coming back. While Bill's on stage, I see him running around with buckets. I don't know what he's doing. He's keeping them cold for us, getting ice. It was great. So he drives us out to the middle of somewhere. I don't even know where. And we go to this cigar store. The guy's there, opens, unlocks the door because it's closed. It's like this undercover shit. Yeah, it's like 12. Shit. It was actually kind of weird because it was like this undercover shit. We go to this storefront. It was front. a little shady, man. It was, it nice. was shady. <laughs> and he opens it up, and we're just standing in a, in a cigar store. He's like, what would you like? What would you like? This and that. He goes, all right, come on. Come downstairs. I got some guys. I got some fellas downstairs. So now we're holding cigars, and we're walking downstairs to some, like, underground thing under this shop. And the door opens, and it's out of a, it's out of. Fucking Goodfellas. Good, Goodfellas. It's out of Goodfellas or Bronx Tale when they're playing dice, but even better, there's a flat screen TV, there's a couple of guys on a couch, there's three guys at a full-fledged poker table, right? <laughs> this guy goes, What's, what are you drinking? And he goes, I hear you like scotch. And we're like, yeah, because Daz, our driver, told him, I hear you like scotch. This guy busts out Johnny Blue, fucking delicious, yeah. pours it for us. I we're, always love the tension when you walk into something like that. Did you feel weird when you first walked in? Yeah, the, there's, the big thing is what you have to immediately do is let people know you're not a cop in a cool way. You, you, I just went like, I, 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 you, just, you make a conversation yeah. where it's, it, it's clear that not only are you not a cop, you're pretty soon going to be doing whatever illegal shit that's going on. Yeah. Um, I forget, I forget what I was saying because I I'd already had a couple at that point. Yeah, and we, and we walk in and we look, and I'm going, all right, that poker game, I'm not getting in that because when you looked at it, it just looked like these guys were. It didn't look like a, a, a just a friendly game. So I'm sitting down, me, Bill, we we start smoking. We're talking to a guy. With the, you know, they start talking hockey. You got the hockey highlights are on. We're smoking incredible cigars with Johnny Blue. The look on my face, I, I said to Bill, <laughs> Bill looked at me, I could not have been in my, L. I was so fucking happy, and it was so great, so like, hey buddy, you want to come on and play poker? He's like, oh, it's, really, it's just like a $20 buy-in friendly game, I'm like, yeah, I'll, go, I'll be there later, I'll be there later, we'll have this great time, finally I finished this Monte Cristo, which was fucking- Oh, we were, you were doing the danger field over there? Hey, Bill, I'll tell you, these cars are real cold, all right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so I get over there. I get him. Oh, I got to, you know what? Going back, I got to just say this. Bill actually had the balls with all of our Rodney Dangerfield thing. He's on stage, and we were doing it so much that out of habit, he just goes, oh, okay. He did something like that. So I'm going, oh, my God, I'm backstage. And I'm going, is he going to fucking bust it out? So he goes, yeah, me and Verzi, we're doing this Dangerfield thing, and we're just having fun doing bad jokes. Two minutes later, 
he goes into a joke about his wife, him and his wife fighting, and he goes, "Yeah, you know." He goes, "We're all right. This week. last week was a rough one." You know? <laughs> and they all laugh. They knew and what he it got, was. Fucking gets an erupted thing and a clap break. It was so funny. I go, "You just did a legitimate Dangerfield impression on stage." Well, they had the reverb turned up really because I was singing it. before the show. Oh, and and you were like, you said, that sounds pretty good. And the more I said, I said, anybody with reverb can sing. And oh. did you hear the sound guy oh, laugh? Oh, yeah, sound yeah. Sound guy cracked up because oh, okay. that's true. Because they always, yeah, give me more reverb. That's like reverb for your people who aren't, you know, into music like that. That's basically, you know, you sound really good in the shower. Everybody, you know, just the way, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's, it's, it's basically that effect. Yeah. I didn't um, know that. It's like that's that echo thing. Like it's they just kind of echo yeah. the voice. That's yeah. That is called reverb. And back in the day, like Capitol Records, they, what they used to do when they would record to get that that great echoey sound that they have on those old records with Dean and Frank and all them. They, they actually that. had downstairs. They had uh, like just these open rooms underneath, like uh, like four by four rooms or something like that. And what they would do is they would run the recording of the person singing. Into that oh. like little echo chamber, then they would record it from down there, and that's how they got that Capitol record. Oh, that's sound. that's cool. And I, I remember reading about that, and I mentioned it on my podcast, and I met somebody who worked there, and I got to take a tour of it, dude. It was fucking it was oh, insane. So you learn something on the Versi effect every day. Okay. <laughs> um, so so Bill does the impression. So we're we're doing this thing. So now we're in this underground fucking lounge. It was unreal. And I go, all Smoking right. Cubans, drinking Johnny Blue. And next thing you know, we're both over there playing poker. No, yeah, no. I got to lead up to you coming in, which was great. So I go I go up there. I throw in third. I start throwing like 30 bucks. I start, and I swear to God, seven, eight hands go by. I can't buy a fuck. I can't, I can't do anything. So I'm saying to Bill, I'm going, um, I'm going, Bill, the cards are cold out here. You know, the cards are real cold. I can't. So, <laughs> so he's laughing. So I see, I see you're intrigued. I could tell, like, even though you're not a card player, you're kind of intrigued by the game. We're having a good time. We're having some laughs. So Bill gets up. He eases his way over, sits down. He goes, all right, let's do this. So he throws in his, and he gets his chips. And, no idea uh, what I'm doing. No, no. And, dude, you know what? You ended up, you ended up like, four hands in. You ended up pulling down, like, a couple of hands. You got to – oh, but this was the best part. This is when I loved it. You went all in. Because you had lost a couple of hands. You only had like a stack left. And you went all- I shouldn't have either. I should have milked it and act like I was. I you should have lured some I, I more. Didn't, I didn't know. I should have lured, uh, lured a couple guy. more chips I in. Didn't. But you go, I'm all in. So I'm sitting back and I'm going. dealt a couple of bullets. And I'm going, what's he doing? And he's got a couple of bullets. <laughs> and he ends up winning it. And then, dude, that last one, you and the guy had like a standoff. And I'm sitting at the last hand of the night. Oh, the Ethiopian sit- guy. I thought he was bluffing. Oh, there was this great Ethiopian. He was bluffing like a motherfucker that whole game, and then he got me. He got me in the end. There was this great, hilarious Ethiopian guy with a ton of chips, and we would play the game with him where I would go, let me see, and I'd look at his face, and I would go, nah, I don't think he's got it. You know, he, he got yeah, he a, loved kick, it. He he got a kick out of us. So Bill and him go down. It was like second to last hand, and I'm leaning back on if Burr takes this. I'm going, I want him to win this. And you went you went toe-to-toe with him, I think, you know, but were you bluffing the whole time? Yeah, I was bluffing the whole time. But he, he I think, he, what did he have? Did, he didn't have good either, though. Did he have? He didn't have. I, I, I thought he had sevens. There yeah, was one he, on the flop. I yeah, think. yeah. But you had a good time playing poker, right? No. Yeah, that's why I don't play poker because I know. Paul, I, so much shit in my life I've avoided because I know I'm going to love it. Like <laughs> yeah. cocaine. Oh, avoided yeah. it my whole life. I know Smart. why. Because Or yeah. heroin. I, I knew gamble, playing cards. Dude, sitting around gambling and talking shit. Like, I avoided that because I, I knew that, uh, you know, I, I was already making enough mistakes, especially right. when I was younger, that I was just like, I'm going to like that weed. I never fucked with weed. I didn't smoke weed until, like, I, the first time I ever took a hit, I was like 38. But, like, I just knew. Yeah, I, remember, I, like I remember when I smoked it, too, and I was like, 
And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I knew it was awesome. I knew it was going to be fucking awesome. And, but it's a dangerous awesome. Because yeah. life just fucking goes by. And I was already boozing like a maniac and fucking up in school. So, you know, I, I tried to keep it right. down or whatever. Uh, but what, what the worst part was when the Ethiopian dude, when it was his turn to fucking deal, when he fucked up the deal, he had dealt me two queens. Yeah. And then what did you say to him? That fucked my game, dude, because I'd taken two pots. If I had that, you would have gotten a third. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had to go. I wouldn't have to done what, what I did. What did you say end. to him after he did that? I said, "There's, there's, there's not n- enough. No, there's, there's not no apology in either. I of- forget. There's not enough something in either one of our our there's cultures. There's not enough apology or something in either of our cultures to make up for that or something. It was something hilarious. Like that. There, I, I got, got t- a huge left. I got to tell you what something. What the fuck did I? I can't remember that. There is nothing like a group of guys sitting at a poker table. There's not enough ways to say I'm sorry in either one of our cultures. That's it. To That's make what up for what you just did to me. That's there. what you said. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> he actually left. No, that was a great line. Everybody laughed at that. And what the uh, fuck did he say? He made some reference to the Afghani mountains. I was like, what? This is why you fucking play cards till five in the morning, and it's hilarious. No, and this is why I also I don't because I do this shit when no, I'm on dude, the road. No, dude, there's nothing like sitting down with a bunch of guys. Okay, Sit, dude, imagine me, you, Lawhead, Bartnick, and a couple of us talking sports and get and busting each other's balls while we're playing for money. Oh. It's the fucking greatest thing. And I could see Lawhead. Well, the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers. Like he just, I would just, that's how I throw him out of his game. Like, that's how I'd, his game. I'd be like, I'll be honest with you, dude. One time I said, I go, one time I said, as he freaked out, I go, yeah, but LeBron's not really from Cleveland because, you know, he's from Akron. Dude, it was, he goes, oh, you know, that's bullshit. That's, that's just, you know, that's what, the, that's just, that's his out. That's his out. And dude, I was just like, Jay, dude, I'm kidding. Like, he literally popped up like that. Oh, yeah. You could get him in in, uh, poker. So anyway, we go to bed what? (laughs) We go to bed 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning now. Oh, but wait, no. We then we went. We stopped at that McDonald's. Oh my! We went to McDonald's so late that it was the breakfast menu again. I was so fucking pissed. I was like, Oh ah. my god, you know I mean? dude! Yeah, because you 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 were feeling no pain by then. So then we fucking walk in there, and it's basically it's a McDonald's slash homeless shelter because there's like <laughs> oh my god, there it looked like, like an old age home. There was like seven homeless people with, Sl- with their winter winter coats slouched. They were kind of shooting the shit. Yeah, it looked like an old folks. Like- yeah, it looked like an old folks home. They're just like heads are down and they're just sitting in there. And we walk in all glazed eyed. And uh, we were. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. Quarter pounder with cheese. Uh, the disappointment Two when she goes. Cheeseburgers, a large fry, and a Coke. That's my go to drunk. Uh, when, when I yeah, walk you were disappointed when you. Oh, yeah. It, I, I go 1,800 calories easy. Remember what I said with the cookie? <laughs> there was a cookie. They had a cookie You thing. wouldn't get off her about the cookies, dude. I almost had to pull you away from the counter. No, nah, but that was unacceptable. Here's what happened. I go in there, okay? I like a little dude, sweet. McDonald's, everything's acceptable. I like a little... <laughs> I like a little sweet after I eat. So hey, I, have, I like a little sugar with yeah. my salt, all right, baby? Okay, you're all right. I need a piece of chocolate, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> so I, say to, I say to the lady, I said, yeah, can I get a cookie? And she goes, yeah. And I go, oh, whoa, 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 how old are these? And she goes, 11 o'clock last night. Uh, do you understand that that's 30 hours? No. Do you realize it was 5 in the morning? They were, they were, they were uh, 6 hours old. Oh, see, I was drunk. I misunderstood. I uh, thought it was like I didn't realize. I was wondering why you went at her so hard. You just wouldn't leave alone. He goes, "You should throw all of those out." And that's then, completely unacceptable. <laughs> Eleven a.m. the other night. <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, Paul. It's all right. We'll get you a cookie at the hotel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get a offer on that. I, uh, me, you, and Daz ate like pigs. But you know what? We earned it. We earned that night was a special night. That was a special night. You're never going to drink. Then we had to get up fucking two hours later to get a goddamn train. So two hours later, uh, Bill calls my hotel room, right? 
I call up downstairs the night before. I pack up and I'm I'm drunk and shit. And I said, listen, I need the night eight before two hours before. Th- yeah, two, I, yeah, two hours before. And I go, I need a I need a wake up call in two hours. I need a wake up call at eight o'clock. He goes, okay. Next thing you know, I hear and I'm like, fuck. I look, it's eight twelve. I'm going. Fuck, I felt like stacks and goodfellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, Got you up here with one of your bitches. <laughs> I was. Where the fuck she go? No, so then uh, Bill goes, Verzi, dude, we had an 815 pickup. I go, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'll be right there. Fucking get my shit. Go down there. We have a ride over to the train. And then we sit on a train for five hours from Toronto to Montreal in an absolute shit show. But when you leaned up oh, to I me. I got my giant, I got my fucking hockey bag with all my shit in it. Oh, and, and you leaned up five minutes early, and you just go. He leans up to me, and he goes, this is awful. This is, this is awful. And we start laughing, and uh, we got a family in front of us, two kids. One kid won't stop crying. The other kid's running up and down the aisle with no shirt. Oh, His and the, mother. And the, and the mother's that commentator. Oh, yeah. You hated that. Oh, you hated her. You know those people? I'm actually I'm going to kind of burn a bit here because I'm just fucking with it. I'll develop into more shit. But I was Whatever. riffing about that thing where they just fucking sit there. Commentating their motherhood. Okay, mommy's taking the stroller down. Okay, mommy, just let mommy do this. Mommy has it set up. <laughs> Ooh, what is this? And, and she's talking loud enough that yeah. you can hear it twenty rows away. So it's like, are you really talking to the kid that fucking loud, or are you doing? Are you putting on a fucking show of like what a good mother you are? I hate when people, when women fucking do it or or whatever. Like they do it that fucking loud, and then they look at you and they roll their eyes. Like it's like, lady, you yeah. Know? I love you, kids. When kids cry on planes, it makes me laugh. They're yeah. expressing what I'm feeling. It doesn't bug me. Right. It bugs me. I fucking hate listening to people talk to little kids, adults talking to them like they're little kids. Like they wouldn't understand you if you, talk. If you just said, hey, 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 settle down. No, my dad did that. No, my- no, no. Now we can't back back No, my dad refused to do that. My dad goes, I'm talking to my kids like the way I talk to them, and I'm going to make them understand. I mean, yeah, look how you turned out. And I yeah, I'm-, I'm not making a joke. You're fine. Oh. No, I know. I know. Singing to your I thought she kids. was a good. I, listen, in her. That's I, what makes them suck at sports, Paul. If you fucking talk to them, you fucking your you equilibrium's off. You come up to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. Look out for your curveball. You're not gonna hit she it. She was like, "Okay, Daddy's gonna take <laughs> you up to the thing, Dad." And then she's walking around with bare feet. She's walking around with bare feet. The seven-year-old son doesn't have a fucking shirt on. Seven-year-old he son looks like he had like felonies. Like some cops were going to pull up, you know? Yeah, yeah. He had no shirt on. The other kid's crying, which you can't blame. The dad was trying to... And the mo- you could tell the wife was overbearing to the dad. She was like... like she, Dude, that guy was a fucking pussy. Yeah, he was. He was a fucking... He was. He was. Oh, my God. No, she was Cover running... a sh- pussy magazine, and he gets the centerfold, that she, guy. She's... <laughs> <laughs> no, she was running the show for sure. But nothing was worse. And I'm going to get right into... This is unacceptable for the week for Verzi Effect Podcast. Redoing 151. Okay, my guest, I'm sitting here, my guest, Bill Burr, out here in Canada, unacceptable for the week. We are on this train, two lane, two aisles, two this way, Bill's in the window, I'm in the aisle, across the way there's only one. So it's two and then one. The woman directly across was a Brit, a British woman, she's sitting there, she's got her fucking... Was she? Yeah. She has her... She has her iPad and her laptop out, and all of a sudden, you know when you do the FaceTime, where do 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 do, it's coming. Like you know, you're waiting for the FaceTime to connect, and we're going. I'm going. No, she's not gonna. Like she's gonna probably connect and then put yeah, something put in some her headphones. Yeah, in. like there's no way we're gonna hear this. And all of a sudden, the guy goes, "Hello, oh, so you did you make it on the train?" And she's like, "We did, we did." And I'm listening, and the whole fucking cart is listening to her. 
out loud, and she's going. It would, the conversation would have been too loud if he was there. Forget about the fact that the guy isn't even there, and right. you're listening to him shout. There's a guy who's not even on the train, miles away, yeah. shouting on the fucking train. And people start looking. Do you get, dude? Are you actually? Your look to her got me like almost. I looking away because you literally looked at her and you just were waiting for her to look. You had a scowl look on your face and you were looking at her. And I'm going. I'm, li- I'm looking at you. I'm going. This is the most tactless. I can't believe I didn't fucking say anything. I go. This is the most. Ta- Nobody did. That's the thing. I it was should, almost. I, I should, you know what? It's because I'm bad in the moment because f bombs would have come out, and then I'd look like I would be like, "Lady, are you fucking serious?" That's what I would have said, rather than just being like, "Ma'am, nobody here wants to listen to your conversation with your husband." Oh, and it gets worse. So then she finally goes like, "No." After like four or five minute conversation, she goes, "Oh, how come you don't have any clothes on?" Right. Swear to God, she says this. Yeah, and then what does he got? The guy goes, oh, because when you called, you got me on when I was on the toilet. And, <laughs> then she, and she laughs, and she just continues. She's one of these people when, when yeah. she's on a phone, or like I've known some people, like they zone out the entire fucking world. Blinders, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like you're talking to a naked guy who's taking a shit. Okay. Dude, that was arguably one of the most... I've been in subways in New York where people were loud. I've, I've experienced a guy on the phone loud, really like... He had a full-fledged conversation, and people were just looking, going... But this... With this guy, though, with the whole, like, knowing that the guy could see, like, she's looking, and he's looking, and she's talking about no clothes and toilet, and, and people are on a fucking five-hour train ride? That was fucking brutal, There was something man. wrong with her. She dressed like that, the original uh, cook on TV. Who's that lady? Oh, uh, oh, Julia uh, Child. Yeah, she dressed like her. She had this floral, fucking uh, blouse on, old country titties, just sitting on a roll of fucking inner tube of fat with her slacks pulled Ugh. up too high. Yeah, she was a sh- and and I, what a shit show. And then I tried getting her back. This is what my plan was to get her back, and I totally blew it. I go, Bill. I go, just go along with this. And he goes, all right. So I get on the phone, and my plan is to get on a phone call. Pretend to be on the phone. Pretend to be on the phone and be really. You know, so I was going to go, what? Hello? No, no, no. You could. Well, then I'll fire him. I don't care if his mother's sick. Like, I had this whole plan, right? So Dude, it was going great for about eight seconds. I was like, wow, this really sounds like he's having a conversation. Yeah. I, and I was keeping a straight face. No, you kept a straight face. You kept your head down. You kept a straight face. And I go, I'm getting her, dude. And I go, hello? What? That's how I said. I go, what? No. No, we'll get him on the phone, and I'm going to fire him. And as soon as I said I'm firing him, I just start burst out laughing. I have to put my jacket on. Dude, you laughing. blew it. You bursted out laughing, and then you covered your face with your sweatshirt as you laughed <laughs> for like the re- like another 45 seconds. Then you looked at me going like, do you think I can keep doing it? Can I get it back? It's like, no, Paul, the moment's over. The moment's over. You look like a fucking psycho. How hot was it in that fucking thing? It was brutal. It was brutal. Um what what's what what the fuck are we oh we're trying to get to the train thing that's right yeah no we got we got to the train thing and then the by guy, the way we're in an hour we're going to the Bruins Canadians game yeah. people at some point you got to do an open mic your life will be great we're um, thirty five minutes there Paul okay Paul yeah. Verzi checking it's five fifty eight East Coast time here so I got to talk about what something happened today today yeah. Uh, Bill got me to skate in Halifax. We skated in Halifax around this oval. I think I talked about it on the last podcast. Then we skated in Ottawa on this Up um, the canal and on, a can, on a canal and that little ice rink and a little ice rink. And the canal was unbelievable. Like it's just it, they said it's what seven point eight. And you skated when I played pickup hockey in Ottawa. You skated on that little that basketball court that they had fucking right. So I was over. so I was out on the ice four times here. First time since I'm twelve years old, I'm out on the ice four times, and then. Uh, 
great guy, Bruce Hills from the Just for Laughs and everybody at Metropolis last night set up a day today to play ice hockey. Burr's lugging around a fucking... You you literally are... Hey, I bring all my stuff, baby. All he's right? got a full-fledged hockey bag like that he's actually like specially having to check in. <laughs> Because like, he's especially checking in because... They couldn't get it on the train. Like they, he, I had to go off to the train after me. I had to go back to the train station three hours later. And he's wearing a, a, a dope-ass Bruins hat. Uh, oh, it's a good one, you know? So people must really think that this guy is on the Bruins because he's lugging around all these... <laughs> you're lugging around airports and, and all this thing with this bag. So Bill's full pads, and then goes, no, you're playing. So Just I because, s- dude, I got shows, man. You fell down your elbow, right? Yeah. I don't need that. No, but I played a full-fledged ice hockey game. First time ever, no pads. I'm the only jackass out there with pads. Luckily, without he got his pads. what? Without pads, you said with pads. I'm the I'm the only guy without without, without pads. pads. Yeah. Everybody else has pads, and these guys have been playing for a long time. And I, I'm not gonna lie, we had a locker room, and I'm looking at all these guys put on pads, and I'm like, am I gonna be all right? And you were like, no, I've been that guy before. Yeah. So luckily, Bruce's son brought me up a, a helmet, which saved me today. And I go out there, and I thought it was going to be like I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be like that pond hockey thing where we did in uh, where you did. Like I would have been better there. That would have been a better first introduction. I should have got involved there. I thought today was better because the ice was great. What we skated, that ice we were skating on, you know, was a little rough. So we get this three on three, and like the one guy was like, they said one guy was like semi pro. One one guy there with a visor on your team was like apparently like a like a yeah the Paul Coffee like a minor league. Like guy who was just nuts, and I go out there and I'm falling. I, I fell four or five times really hard, but I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I got myself in the position in the front of the net, right? I got a couple of dude. You had three shots on net and like one shift. They kept feeding it to you, which they always do to the new guy. Yeah, you know, people play hockey are cool, man. And they kept giving it to you, but you weren't missing. You you one timed one. You hit the fucking post. I thought you were gonna score. Uh, I one timed one hit the post, and if it went in, I would have made. My and you fucking... had a right hand stick, and you're playing left handed. <laughs> yeah, it was w- hilarious. So your backhand was fucking crushing it. I would. Yeah, no, I would have. I would have loved to have scored. You're pretty good, man. You're good, nah, I'm dude. Fucking terrible. I'm. I'm good. I can skate all right until I get the puck, man. I like. There's so much shit that like. Like I. I like playing defense, dude. You spin I, around I, though. Like I mean, I like to me stopping and turning. It's like incredible. But you, right. you spin around on defense. You're, dude, yeah, you're, you had a couple of shots on goal today. You play good D. You know? I, had, I had one assist, one good pass, and I had one good defensive thing. The rest of it, as always, I was a fucking liability. But I really wanted, like, um, it's such a – how much fun is that? And what I had a great of, workout. But I felt like these every time – you know how you know you suck? Every time I went back to my bench, the guys on my bench were like – Dude, you all right, man? Like you hurt because I always would have like one fall per shift, and I hit my head hard, dude. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And then one time I, I got... felt pretty good too. In the end, when I when I was getting tired, I spun around to go backwards, and uh, fucking wheels fell off. Only me would be like, yeah, I'll do this. And then I remember I fell so hard once I got air, and you skated by me, and you go, dude, you got air on that one. I was fucking. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. Someone else said that. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um. No, but how much how much fun is it? Like I, I try to tell people, everybody goes the golf route. Like I'm gonna learn how to golf and stuff like that. Not saying golfing isn't isn't fun, but like it is a it's an incredible old man sport because you're gliding around. So yet you're getting this this unbelievable cardio workout. But this woman before our show was saying though, she goes, "Hey, don't eat." Like two hours before you go out and play, a lot of guys have heart attacks every year, but they're not in shape though, or they have heart issues. I would think because your heart's already working once you no. have to start di- digesting. But like, I, I don't think you. I mean, people die having sex 
every year. You'll be in the middle of, you fucking grab your chest and die. That's probably a great way to go, though. You know? Well, it depends if you're coming on, you know? <laughs> it depends how long it lasted, okay? Uh, no, my heart was jacked up. When I would go back to the bench, when I go back to the bench, I was pouring sweat. My heart was jacked up, oh, yeah. man. And I was saying to myself, like, this takes a lot. This takes Dude, a, you know what I like this takes a lot. Is I like, because I've never been into the fucking, like, the only game I've really been into playing offense was football. I always loved playing receiver. Um, but as far as, like, other games, I always like playing defense, and I always thought like like when I go to a, a, a hockey game and I, I have those seats where you sit up high and you can watch the whole thing. I always like watching the defensemen to see where they're at and how they play, how they communicate to each other, and uh, you know. And I grew up in an era of amazing, amazing defensemen. You know, Ray Bork, Paul Coffey, and there was some older guys. Larry Robinson was still playing when uh, when I started watching, and um, there were so many guys, and really offensive guys, too. Paul Coffey, of course, offensive. Uh, uh, Al McGinnis was this legendary guy who had – he had, like, the hardest shot in the league. I remember he played for Calgary. Um, the Canadians had Chelios, Guy Carboneau. I know some of these names don't mean anything to you, but, like, it was just a great era to watch. Right. Um, well, what was cool was last night was um, – last night we performed in Montreal, and one of the Canadians was there, and he was so cool. He had such a great time. And then uh, afterwards, he shook – and apparently one of the jokes that I do about everyone's got that friend that gets naked, he apparently during the show, he leaned over, and he got he got so into it that he started talking about his buddy who got naked. Uh, when, when he gets you, he's like, I know that guy. My friend is that guy. But uh, it was so cool because we were like, hey, I'm coming to the game tomorrow. And he was like – Oh, you're coming to the game tomorrow, and like it was. It and was I'm going blind. It was it's Brandon. Uh, 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 Brand, he was on the Rangers for a while. Brandon um, Prush. Hang on a second. Oh, this is embarrassing. Great guy. Like it was so cool because we're you know downstairs in the green room, and uh, there yeah. were, what's his name? Brandon Prust. Brandon Prust. Yeah. So Brandon Prust is there, and he comes down, and he's just like shaking our hands. He's into the jokes. Uh, the guy, I, we asked Bruce here, I go, did he like it? And he goes, yeah, yeah, that thing you did about that. And it was just so cool. Like, and he was, and so then I go, we're going to the game. And he got a kick out of us going to the game. He goes, oh, you're going to the game? He goes, where are you sitting? And then he goes, oh, and then he even said, he goes, it should be a good one. So it's, I'm psyched, dude, because yeah. I'm going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I just wish Carey Price was playing. If Carey Price was playing, uh, you know, that's their goaltender. He got hurt playing the Olympic, during the Olympics and uh, he was only supposed to miss four games. But I think maybe. No, they said he's back tonight. I heard. Oh, Somebody he is? said this is his first game back. It's Brandon's first game back. I heard Carey Price isn't playing. Oh, the, that, he he was hurt? Yeah, he had some sort of upper body. They always keep it vague. Lower body injury, upper body injury. Yeah, they never say. Well, they don't want guys going for it when they go out there. That's the world they live in. Yeah, and I hurt this my guy, shoulder. Oh yeah, which one? Well, this right guy's a left. bruiser too. This guy doesn't. This guy takes no shit. Yeah, like, this yeah, guy Brandon. He he, yeah, yeah, he's he was real. I, you know, when I saw his face, and when his, you meet him, he, I mean, he's jacked, but he's not gigantic. He's small, and he fights guys way bigger than him. Yeah, he he didn't. Bruce like, was saying his thing is he shakes you like a rag doll, just so you so can, can never get set. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which is which is a great tactic for a for a little guy. But uh, and by little, he he's you know he's taller than us, but like little. Yeah, for NHL. but not a, he doesn't look like a he doesn't like if you saw him, you wouldn't say that's a pro athlete as far as height. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I but you know I recognized him though, and I, he's a, he was a ranger for years, and he, I right. just see the highlights, and I see. Right. So when I saw the guy's face, I go, "Oh, that guy!" But uh, he got no, he got a kick out of us uh, coming here tonight. Uh, you saying his last name, Brandon Proust? Prushed? Prushed? Yeah, fucking no. 
Prescott, I don't know. Anyway, I used to know everybody, and ever since I started doing stand-up and doing these tours, it's just like I can't keep up. I used to fucking know everybody. I, I love how they're the comedy cards. fans. You know? Huh? I love how they're comedy fans because a lot of these guys, a lot of people, like bigger, like, you know, celebrities or like bigger, they love comedy. And they like, love they, comedy. They, they love to go to shows. Uh, but but <laughs> no, it, it, it's it, no, it's been great. Uh, you having fun here, right? This has been this is great. I needed a day off. We just did. Yeah. I, I don't think since I've actually in a long, long time have I done eight days in a row. Um, I would have to go back to when uh, I remember one time I did real well on a college showcase, and I booked like you know twenty something schools in a month. Which the money was great, but you were just driving all over hell doing stand up in cafeterias and shit. It was a you had to do an hour every show, and like you know, the first weekend you want to fucking kill yourself is it is because the setups were so bad in a lot of them. A lot of them, I mean, you know, you'd be doing them, and you had they had no idea there was even going to be a show. Right, They'd send you into the fucking lunchroom. I remember one time I did one at uh, DeVry in Chicago. No, st- oh, I did it twice. I needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did it like I did it like two or three years in a row, and you stand there in their little fucking uh, cafeteria, and behind you is a giant window, and behind that is the fucking freeway. So there's cars just <laughs> driving by as you're standing there in broad daylight, sun out, Ugh. nothing, nothing's like stand up does not work during the day. So it was a bunch of things like is that, that. a NACA gig? Yeah. I, I killed on a NACA, and um, like the first few times I did NACA, I was in my, you know, my I'm going to be a dangerous comic, you know, years. <laughs> so I would do like getting a, getting an AIDS test and just jokes, and you know, like, fuck you, man, this is my art, right? And I'd fuck myself out of all these schools. And then finally one year, I just I just listened to my agent. He He's like, he was just like, just play the game. Just go up there, give them what they want. You know, he's a middle Midwest accent. Just give them what they want, and then when we book the schools, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, which is what I did. And then, of course, I got a ton of complaints. I used to get a lot. Oh, did you? I, oh, dude, I, you got I, a lot of a lot of complaints. At college? I, I I didn't get a lot, but when I did, when I did, what they, though, because of language? Um, yeah, sometimes because of language. Like one time, I worked a I worked a a, a Catholic college. And they said, and they said, be clean. And the way I grew up, clean is not saying the classic curse, but I was saying Jesus Christ and goddamn, which is actually breaking a commandment. And I wasn't thinking in my world if you went like Jesus Christ, what the heck's going on? Like you didn't curse, right? right. So they wanted squeaky church clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this fucking woman, and I'm sitting there on stage, and she's talking the whole fucking time. I'm thinking like, you booked the goddamn show. Why are you talking? So I get off stage, and she gets in my grill. No, I, I gave her shit. I go, you know, I got to be honest with you. I don't understand why you booked me on this show if you were going to talk the whole show. And she goes, well, I don't understand why you'd go to a Catholic college and say JC and GD every other word. No, she said it like that. And I go, you said to work clean. I didn't curse once. And, you know, she basically tells me I broke a commandment or something like that. So that I had things like that. One time I had to go on after a, uh, this this speaker you know, who who had done all these drugs and all this stuff and almost died, and he was telling everybody, you know, uh, and a really heartfelt fucking yeah. thing. And it's like, put him on after. Yeah. I got to go on after that, so I go up there. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm talking, it was the incoming freshman. They were telling him to stay away from drugs and all the horrors that can happen. This guy was telling all these horror stories and, you know, tear-jerking shit. And then I had to go up there. And the only way to go to, to somehow salvage that 
is you have to go 180 degrees in the other direction. So I went up there. And I was like, right. you know, I love all these guys after they did heroin, you know, and bang broads in the mud at Woodstock. You know, now that they've had their fun, they tell you to tone it down. <laughs> no, you, you didn't know? do It's that. like you're going to college. Have a good time. Don't be an idiot. You don't do blow. But you know what I mean? Enjoy yourself. This Jeez, is the greatest and single. And, they, and the kid, you know, it was funny. It was it didn't work. Because they were, they were really, they were still too young, you know. They were incoming freshmen, so they're just out of high school. So, and I remember Ben Bailey was closing it, so and Ben wasn't there yet. So I start doing my act, and immediately I see a lot of fast walking by adults on the outskirts of the crowd. So immediately, you know, all right, I'm going to get some shit. So as, as I'm standing there on stage. I'm winding up. Ben Bailey, you can't miss him. He's like six Huge, four, yeah. six five. He comes walking in and he's standing there. And this woman makes a beeline right up to him. And I see Ben trying to take in the information that she's saying. And he sort of nods his head. And then at one point he looked up at me and I gave him this shitty and grin. And uh, that's great. And then I said goodnight and I got off the stage. And at that point, I was really at the end of my doing colleges. Like I couldn't do them anymore. I was getting too old. And um, I just had it with people telling me what I could fucking say and what I couldn't say and sticking me in one ridiculous situation after another that at that point I never – I didn't back down. And the lady came up to me like going, I can't believe that you blah, 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 blah. And I just said – I was just like, lady, did you see what you put me on after? That yeah. after yeah. school special and then I'm supposed to go up there and do – do you have any idea how difficult that is? The mic sound sucked. That stage was horrific. I just did a hell of it. Like I didn't back down at all. And then I remember this guy came in. You know, the guy who probably wanted to fuck the woman, you know, so he's coming in to be the fucking hero. Yeah. Doing the, yeah. hey, take it easy. Doing yeah, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah. And I just literally went to him like, are you, how are you affiliated with this school? You're not affiliated with the school. And then he goes, well, you seem like you're getting a little bit hostile. You know, that, that word was really uh, popular about 10, 15, right after 9-11, why you, why you being hostile <laughs> was a big catchphrase. And, um, yeah, those, those were uh, – that's funny, dude. I haven't thought about those in a long time. But, like, towards the end of the uh, – my, my doing a lot of colleges was a really frustrating time in my career because by then I was in, like – you know, early to mid thirties, I was still sleeping on a futon. I had been in the business long enough where people that I started with were starting to get things. And at that point I had no manager, no agent. I had to start from scratch because some shit imploded. And I was out there knowing going, I know I'm better than where I'm at. What right. do I, what do I got to do? Dude. And I, and I was starting to go down that, that fucking, Hey, you know, like, why don't we, uh, what if I did this after I, I started to go down that road of trying to find a hook? I was and like for a year I was seriously like thinking about different things and just every time when I would picture myself doing it, doing whatever, I was just like, oh, I can't fucking do that. And yeah. then I was just like, Wow, that's really interesting, man. Yeah, and then I was just kind of like, All right, you know what? Just f- fuck it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I just keep. Doing this at some point, somebody has to notice. And then what happened was uh, there was guys that I looked up to that would, you know, they'd say something encouraging to you. Like, hey, funny bit. Or, hey, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing what you're doing. And those were the things that kind of kept you. It was almost like playing a video game. You got a couple more lives in you. Well, it's it's amazing. Like having, yeah, like a a friend or somebody you respect when you're down. Just that little, just a phone call or just something. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Because they've all went through it. We used to all call each other when we used to have rough, when... When me, 
Patrice, Dane all started like headlining at the same time. There's that weird thing where it's cool because you're all headlining, but then it sucks because you never work together again uh, or only on like benefits and stuff like that. And we used to, uh, when we would have bad shows, we'd call, this is before cell phones, we'd wait till we get home at night and like 12, 1230 at night, oh. Patrice would call or I'd call up Dane and we would just tell these fucking stories of what just happened. And it was very cathartic because the other person would laugh and then you and then the, then it got to the point you'd be on stage during a fucking horrific event, and oh. you could actually somewhere in the back of your head like, oh man, I can't wait to tell Versi this one. Yeah, yeah. So then that almost gives you courage to to say the ridiculous thing that almost gets you, you know, because you know you're gonna have a great conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I could have handled a lot of things a little better back then. Where, uh, you know, that that was before I knew what it meant to be a professional. Where, like, when you go out to do a college gig, you shouldn't go out there and fucking offend people and everything. Like, you should go and be, you know, if they tell you be clean, if you know you're not going to be clean, you say, well, I'm not clean, I'm not doing the gig. That's what a professional does. And if you take the gig, you be a professional. You don't go there right. and then do your act anyways and then act like you're fucking Lenny Bruce and, you know, everybody's putting restrictions on you. It's like, no, you knew what this was. You know, like a college gig is they're basically it's a private party that you're getting hired out for. Somebody walks into a comedy club, that's on them. Fuck them. They decided to go in there. They can't get offended. But on those other ones, you know, if you get hired out for a corporate gig, yeah. all right, stay away from this, stay away from that. Don't make fun of the boss. And you walk out there, so this chick sucking my dick. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look at the boss. You take orders from this cunt? <laughs> and then you're just like, what? <laughs> Don't attack my art. It's like, that's, you know. Yeah, no, that's silly. We got to get rolling, though. Yeah, yeah. What, what do we got here? Um, all right, so uh, we'll do a uh, couple. Look at that. We already banged out, a, we banged out an hour. Did we? 54 minutes. 54 minutes. All right, yeah, so let's go. Nice. Actually, there's, there's really no uh, plugs. We've been just smoking cigars and having a great time. How great is Canada? Oh, man. How great are the shows, dude? It's just been amazing. Amazing crowds. How, how great are the shows? And uh, people down in the States, don't sleep on Canada, man. I'll tell you, a fucking great place. Go to the Maritime out here, man. Get the best seafood you ever had in your life. No, you but like, I'll be honest life. with you. I didn't think the crowd. I thought the crowds would be good, but I didn't think they would be like state. Like, the crowds have been great. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and they're friendly as hell. The shows have been great. Uh, the the uh, food they feed you the puck out front, Verzi. The Verzi. Oh, he hits the post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted you to score, dude. Uh, I wanted to, too. Um, all right, so um, pretty much uh, plugs. Shit, we're here another eight days. We oh, no, wait. What about, what about your tour? Oh, you got yeah. Coming up? Uh, well, as doesn't you. doesn't have a name yet, but. No, the uh, Monday morning podcast, uh, which Bill. Is, uh, which we're so thankful and grateful to Bill. He's putting, putting his name behind it so we can't fuck this up. No, I'm going to give you guys a guilt trip. Uh, uh, the Monday morning podcast, we already uh, you know, we have dates on the West Coast All the, when they're all locked down, but uh, we are going out. It's already on the website. Uh, we're going to be at the San Francisco Punchline. We're also going to Portland and Seattle. Those are done deals. East Coast, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, those are done deals. Uh, uh, the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, all these dates are going to be on the site. We're in the process right now of getting some merch for it and then name and it's uh, myself jason lawhead joe Bart. oh the oh two boy. rose bowl tailgate lunches it's gonna be rough mornings yeah that's gonna uh, be uh, uh dude it's gonna be it's gonna be great it's gonna be great yeah and, and i can just say like i can vouch for these guys because uh these are the guys that i bring on the road because i know that they're gonna push me to uh to you know to keep working on what i'm doing and you know you guys are all headliners in your own right so yeah, I think great. it's going to be a great tour. Oh, it's going to be a good it's show. It's going to be a great tour. So look out for the Monday Morning Podcast, which is going to be kicking off 
at Largo yep. in Tickets Los Angeles. are not on sale yet, so I don't know if we can announce that. I can't oh. say what the date is, but it's going to be at Largo. It's going to be at Largo, and uh, when it's finalized, we'll put that out. So uh, other than that, we're going to Winnipeg tomorrow. We got Calgary. We got Vancouver. We got Victoria. Oh. Victoria, and then back to oh, Calgary. That's it. it doesn't end, does it, Billy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, so uh, that's it. This, that, this is the episode. Hey, a friend of mine who loves to tour Canada. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> right. oh, you got to try that seafood chowder in Halifax. I tell you, it'll knock your socks off, all right? Right. Just imagine sitting in front of that for five hours. Yeah, that's basically train. what. Can we've we apologize been doing. to that guy? We're sorry. <laughs> He's right, actually dude. here. Let's go, man. He's actually I here. Know. All right, that's the show. Uh, until next week, I will talk to you guys then. Uh, keep the comments coming. Take care.